Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Lee Cantor here with Stone Payton and Stone. This is going to be an exciting episode. We have the first episode of the Trusted Advisor Radio Show that's brought to you by our friends at Country Financial and hosted by Chris Seabrook. This is going to be so much fun. How are you, Chris? How you been since we talked last? Very well, very well. Thank you. So uh, tell us a little bit about Country Financial. Just kind of give us a little bit of an overview. And then I'm really interested in your your vision for this series, what you're trying to accomplish with it. But uh, first, tell us a little bit about Country Financial. What are you out there trying to do for folks? So uh, Country Financial is a, a, a financial securities firm, uh, or excuse me, a, a financial company that provides uh, personal lines insurance as well as investment and uh, retirement planning uh, for clients and uh, also for businesses as well. Um, we essentially work with individuals to try to help them achieve financial security. That's one of the primary focuses for financial, uh, for country financial. Uh, we want to be the best provider of financial security in the country. And, um, we do that, like I said, by providing a, a wealth of resources to clients and, um, uh, kind of getting to the idea of what the show is about. Um, I want to help clients in, in uh, different areas of their life, not just uh, their financial security, but also kind of providing them with resources to help them throughout other areas in their life. Because people, um, every individual or business owner should have a team of trusted advisors around them. Absolutely. And it's hard to identify who the right people are, who the right fit are. And that's what we're doing here is spotlighting some of the uh, Atlanta's best trusted advisors. Absolutely. Absolutely. So who do you got with you today? Okay, so today um, I'll, I'll start with Miss Archie Emerson. She is the uh, owner and broker for uh, Dedicated Realty. Uh, welcome, Archie. Welcome. Um, then I have uh, to her, I guess my left, her right, I have Miss Erica Hayward. She is the owner of the Ultimate Tax Experience. Thank you for having me. And last but not least, I have Miss Erica Dukes, uh, the owner of Social Inc. Co. and the queen of Instagram. Hello. All right. So we're going to kick off today's show with Archie. Welcome, Archie. Hi. How you doing? Doing well. Can you tell us a little bit about Dedicated? How are you serving folks? I am a 30-year experienced real estate broker, and Dedicated Realty uh, was formed back in 2006, but then the economy went bad and it went late down. So it came alive back in October of this year. Uh, I mean, of 2018. Oh, just a few months ago. Yeah, just a few months ago. But uh, so I have been as a assistant assistant broker with other firms and then now I'm back up and running my own firm again right. now. And and Archie, you and I know each other because we've worked together with uh, the Empire Board and a couple of other uh, nonprofits. Can you share some of the nonprofits that you work with? Yeah, I am now the uh, Board of Governor for the Women Council Empire Board of Realtors. I was the president for the last three years, and we initially served the public as empowering and educating women. Uh, in any form or fashion, whether it be uh, job, uh, what type of field they want to go into to inspire them, and also financial literacy. Also, I am a branch manager for an organization called the NID Housing Counseling Agency. It is a, a HUD-approved office. Our job is to educate the public about home ownership, whether it be pre or post classes, even when a person become an owner, not understanding uh, what happens when they become an owner because you you're transitioning from apartment living to home ownership. So our job is to know everything and to try to teach them everything, whether it be about insurance, about doing their taxes, or about everything. So that's a part of uh, a package deal that falls up under the real estate. It's kind of like a, a one shop that we partner with different entities of different people to help them and to educate them. Fantastic. Thank you, Archie. Um, Erica, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the, the ultimate tax experience? Not your basic tax experience, but the ultimate That's tax right. experience. <laughs> I started my company in 2007 in my basement with my college classmates and sorority sisters as clients. But nine, not 19, 12 years later, um, we're located in Midtown. We have employees. 
we offer the ultimate tax experience because most people dread all things tax and they fear the IRS deathly. But we're here to make your life easier by accommodating all of your tax and accounting needs. A lot of tax offices close their doors on April 15th. They don't offer much tax planning. They don't offer guidance. They don't give tips. They don't know about the tax law changes. They're typically people who have taken a test online that they were given the answers to by someone that worked at the office. But we really know taxes. We also offer um, bookkeeping and accounting as well. So we're here for all of your needs. Good stuff. And I can attest to that. You're very knowledgeable. Um, and Erica Dukes, can you tell us about Social Inc. Co.? Yeah, so Social Inc. Co. started in 2015. Um, I was I left the corporate world and couldn't find my footing. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to start my own business. And I just needed one person to take a chance on me that would pay my bills. And that happened. And so since then, um, I work with people. Everybody's like, oh, you need to be on social media. You need to be you know, on Instagram to get your word out there. But there is a rhyme and a reason to all of this. And that's why I always try to make people understand, even on my personal Instagram, you can have all the followers in the world, but follows and likes don't convert to dollars, mm -hmm. you know? They so, yes. so my job is to not only educate people about social media and how it works and how it changes literally every day, but how to apply it to your business. So there's clients that I have, um, I work with them full time. So my team and I, we're creating all the content. We're posting everything. We're engaging with your audience. We're answering those DMs for you. And then there are some people I have just strategy calls with where it's, Erica, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Can you point me in the right direction? And that's what I do. Fantastic. Thank you for uh, thank you all for joining us for this first episode. Um, <clears throat> I heard something interesting coming into the studio today, um, and uh, it was that January 12th is National Quitters Day. Um, it's the day that um, you can <laughs> wow. give up on your uh, on your resolution. Um, so before you even really get deep into, into January, right. people yeah. quit. So right. Every it, apparently those people who who hit the gym really hard for that first week and and then the muscles started getting <laughs> sore. This is the day for them to back out, and so I, I kind of wanted to, on a positive note, look at um, you know the the new year, new me movement. Most people want to kind of uh, make those positive changes and ideally want to stick with them, and so I, I kind of wanted to uh, tap into you all. Um, and your abilities, because you all have, have had some very unique, um, I think, uh, uh, experiences with branding yourself and branding your business and even branding your clients. And I just wanted kind of um, to, to run the episode or whatever, focusing on how you brand yourself um, now and uh, what are some things that you would tell people that uh, are important about branding and, uh, you know, what like how branding is important and how it's helped you, essentially. So um, we'll, we'll, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll start <laughs> out with Archie again. Go ahead. Um, well, tell us about some of your things. Well, I, you know, I've been in the business real estate for 30 years, so I had to figure out a way to brand myself even if I left the company. So uh, I learned from the industry that I needed to brand me. So I became what they call the house lady. I became the house lady 30 years ago. So what uh, my clients started calling my house and say, well, can I speak to the house lady? And so that's what my emails say. It say house lady one ad. So when, even when I decided to open a dedicated realty, it's still 30 years ago, the house lady there, everybody still re recommend or say, I'm looking for the house lady. So pretty much, that has stayed with me for 30 years. So I tell anybody, find something that's going to stick, that represent who you are. And that's who I, I became is the house lady. So anything I changed, that house lady became. And then I had a slogan at the bottom that said, defeat is not an option. Everywhere there has been the lady, house lady, defeat was just not an option. So that has carried on for the last 30 years. Those are the two things that on every flyer, every slogan, everything that I do is there. So for me, it works for me. Uh, I represent a color red because I learned that the color red is a pigment in your eye. So if you do a flyer in a red, it stays with you. So I look for things that I learned when I was going through classes back 
uh, we won't say how many years ago, but <laughs> I'm still I'm still 29. But uh, <laughs> but I still use those because they work for me then. Because I did events where I put out flyers, and someone called me a year later and say, "Well, you know, for some reason I still had this flyer. It was done in red. And I still had this flyer, and I'm now ready to do." going to home ownership, I wanted to call you and find out what was the step. So I figured it was working then and I'm keep working it. Wow. And I know you don't volunteer for branding purposes, but I know you and I know a lot of people who know you because of the uh, the, the fact that you give yourself to the community. Can you um, share some of your experiences with uh, volunteering and the importance of that? Yes. I, you know, I am a servant. So I do a lot of volunteer. I do Meals on Wheels. I do Feed the Homeless. I have an organization called Red Oak Outreach. So I do need sponsors in order for me to, to continue to get out into community. Mm-hmm. So my approach to sponsors is that I'm in the community. I will run 5Ks and I will run your logo on my back. I will feed the homeless with your jacket on to represent you. You support me and I'll support you. You know, I will bring... You know, my job is try to serve the people as much and then bring knowledge to my people in the community. And so that's my job every day. And I partner with people that are wanting to bring their logo to the community. And they also utilize me. Wow. Wow. Okay, so uh, Erica Hayward. You, you've got a, the name, the ultimate tax experience. You mentioned before, it's not the basic tax experience. Uh, of course, not the average tax experience. It's the ultimate. Um, so you kind of set the precedence, I think, um, with, with the name to start out. But tell me some of your branding strategies. Well, like Archie said, it goes back to you as a person. If people know you're dependable, if people know you're knowledgeable, if people know they can depend on you, they can call you at any time, you're there to help them throughout the entire process, especially with something as with taxes. Like it's serious. It's really serious. So if people know that you know what you're doing, like even back in college, my undergraduate degree is in accounting, graduate degree, CPA review, like everything's in accounting. So people know I was the girl who everyone wanted to copy off my paper. So everyone knows that I, (laughs) everyone knew that I am accounting. So when I first started on my hashtag before I got with Erica Dukes, my hashtag was um, Erica, the tax lady. So just like Archie said, people would say, I'm looking for Erica, the tax lady. And now even that I have, even though I have employees, people still want to speak to me. Mm-hmm. They don't want to speak to my employees. <laughs> they don't want to speak to my receptionist. They want to speak to me. And that speaks of my integrity. It right. does. So it really goes back to you as a person. If people know you're a fly-by-night person or if you're shady or if you don't always answer the phone or you're not there, people aren't going to stick with you. They're just not. So I think it goes back to you as a person before anything else. And as far as the ultimate tax experience, I wanted to give people an experience. It is an experience. I don't want someone to come to my office to have their taxes done and they're all frazzled. And I stayed up all night trying to get my papers together. And I don't want that. Look, bring what you have. It's 2019. We can print things. We can look up your utility bills. We can look up your bank statements. We can do that. I don't want people to. to I don't I don't want that bad energy. I don't like we can we can work everything else out. And I think that makes people feel relieved when they come in. And I always ask people when we're done, how do you feel? Do you feel good about this? Do you feel better about your situation? And they always say yes. And that means a lot to me in offering the ultimate tax experience. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay, and uh, Erica, will you, you share share a little bit about your uh, strategies? I know you've probably got a little bit more of a, an in-depth strategy because you're working with clients mm-hmm. as well. Uh, but uh, tell me your your branding. So when I first started out, mind you, I, like I said, I came out of corporate America, right? So I'm starting my Instagram, and I'm super corporate, and I'm you know I'm still in that mindset. And then I'm like, this isn't making me happy. This isn't me. I'm like, I'm more of the Gary V type where I'm going to be very straightforward. I'm going to tell you how it is. I'm not going to fluff it because so I feel like so many people fluff it. I just want to get, let's get straight to it. Let's get straight to it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to beat around the bush with it. So once I started being myself and who I really, really am on social media, everything changed. I started getting more of a following. People started trusting me more. So I tell that with my clients. It depends on what you do, but you have to humanize your brand. People don't like being sold to, right? People want, they want you to be relatable. They want to see them in you. So that's how you attract your tribe. That's how you brand yourself by being you. And I mean, and if your brand isn't you, 
if you're more quiet, but your brown, your brain is outspoken, you have to find that voice. You have to find that tone and you have to deliver it on a consistent basis. Because when you don't, your audience is going to see it and they're going to be like, oh, that's not what she said mm-hmm. last week. That don't sound, that's what? She must have somebody new writing for her. You know, it's, it's evident. So when it comes to branding, yes, we could talk about colors and all like that, but it's about your tone. It's about your delivery. And those are some of the things that I think are most important um, when it comes to branding, being yourself, because that's when you're going to start seeing that return because it becomes relatable for people. Right. And uh, and I've noticed that on your on your uh, live streams, you, you do keep it real, basically um, letting people know <laughs> <laughs> what they're what they're uh, doing right, what they're doing wrong, yeah. um, uh, sharing with some other social media managers or or people who say that they're social media managers, um, kind of pointing out some of the things that, that you notice that people might not otherwise know because yeah. they're, they don't do your job mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Um, but I, I, I wanted to kind of, I guess, um, look at it. You mentioned colors or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you um, have a, a strategy with colors and things like that. So can you share how, how you use colors or how you work with your clients to kind of get them? Uh, um, a lot of times clients come to me, they have their branding together. Um, and sometimes we create, my team and I will, my designer will create a whole new aesthetic and they're like, can you change my website to look like this too? And it's like, well, we don't do web design, but yeah, we can definitely change it. Um, I think that what I tell people also is everything in your marketing, your branding, it should be a journey. So no matter what my very first touch point is with you, so if I meet you um, and I get your business card, those colors, that look, that feel, I should see that reflected on your website. I should see it reflected when I come to your office. I should see it reflected on your social media. Every single touch point should be the same journey. Your website can't look like crap, or your, your, and then your Instagram is like, oh, my God, this is so nice, because conversions happen on the website. Right. I can't, if I have your Instagram banging and everything is good, and then people go to your website and it's crap, there's nothing I can do about that. I'm not over that. I can't make people convert and make a purchase from you. I can't make somebody come to your event just based off, well, sometimes you can, but you know, for the most part, it's a whole, it's a journey and it's a whole experience that you're taking people through. And that's why I try to get my clients to understand. I can get everything right on Instagram. I can get everything right on Facebook. I can lead you in the right direction. But once people leave that, then what? If they get lost on your website because it's messy or the verbiage is wrong, you lost a customer just right. that fast. Because think about, like, if your website loads slow. I know if I go to a website and it takes more than a few seconds for something to load, oh, forget about it. I don't care anymore. I don't want this. You know, so that's the types of things, like, when it comes to branding and having your business together as a whole, you have to make sure every single touch point, emails, everything is together. Okay, okay. And, um, you know, I think uh, so. Of course, we know branding is really important. We know that having that consistency is is the best way to kind of get your clients um, uh, working, you know, understanding what you're about and um, being real mm-hmm. is is super important because people want to know who you are. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, can one of you all like to share maybe I guess maybe a, a trial, some uh, some something that you learned the hard way that you feel like um, has helped shape and build your brand today. Well, one I learned the hard way. Uh, you need to be over and watch what someone is doing for your branding because it represents you, just like you said. Mm-hmm. You can del- you can give someone something and say, "Well, this is what I want," and then they go ahead and post it out there. And then you discover that. Uh, this is not sure. So you need to approve everything that you put out there because it is you. It represents you. So once it's out there, social media is out there. I'm glad you to let someone else see it. And for me in the real estate industry and in the housing industry, everything that I do, I need to approve before it goes because I can't pull it back. Right. That's me. And there's a lot of regulations as well that kind of yes. bind what you can and can't say. Um, yeah, with the housing, even with because like the NID, it is a housing counseling agency. So I am on the hood with that. So there's a certain literature I can't put out there, even with the real estate industry, the way I market something. The terms have changed over the years. Uh, I can't put like um, master bedroom uh, that that phrase has changed because uh, it's it's simply man 
just man. So some of the things have changed, and that's why we try to make sure that what we put out there is correct because I don't want the Real Estate Commission and pull something that I have yeah. out there saying that this is uh, someone sending it in. You know, that right. they drove by and they sent uh, my name and the information out to the Real Estate Commission. So, you know, everything that you brand, uh, I've learned over the 30 years, you need to make sure you see it and make sure you approve it prior to it going out. Uh, you know, whether you work and some of us work on low budget, but uh, what is out there, whether, you know, you if you can't do a good uh, website or what it may be best not to do nothing at all because if it's crap like she said and it goes out and you're not getting any hits and like it wasn't worth the money you, that fifty dollars or a hundred dollars you pay for right right um so uh kind of want to take it in a different direction we um I, I know Erica mentioned something about uh, events and I know that you do a lot of events um uh, Archie can you kind of share um do you feel like there's a, a, a such thing as maybe saturating doing too many events or is there a you know that right sweet spot that you can um you know you can say okay hey if I if I can do x amount of events this month I know that I'm going to be good um what what what's your take on it uh I, I I learned from last year I think every weekend I had an event so that means I was a past exhausted right. by the end of the year. So I, I learned from last year, but it was a process of branding my the NID office because it was only one year old. So there's only five NID offices located in the state of Georgia. Uh, I mean, in the metro Atlanta area. So everybody else was already up and running. So my ideal, because I am a floating office, that means that one this Saturday it could be in Cobb, next Saturday it could be in DeKalb, next Saturday. So I I was trying to figure out a way, how do I brand? You know, everybody knew the house later as the real estate broker, but now I'm a housing counselor. So how do I also put that information out there? And that came with me doing classes literally every Saturday in different locations and running marketing. So now, as soon as my flyer went in January, the I had the first day I had seven people in there because they was calling saying, well, when is your next class? Well, I'm not, I'm only doing two classes a month. Nice. Nice. <laughs> so, Erica, Erica here, are you, are you doing events as well? I work like a Hebrew slave, as I've, said, <laughs> as I've said before. I have not had time to do any events. I'm not necessarily interested in marketing or networking events as far as clients. I probably should. But what I'm interested in is converting hustlers, people who have side businesses, to mm -hmm. legitimate business owners. That's my goal because a lot of people start side businesses. They have no tax ID number. They have no corporation. They have no books. They have nothing. And they come to my office with boxes of receipts. And I hate it. I hate it. So it's like you didn't even know how much money you made last year. How did you operate a business without knowing how much money you made? Like that, that just baffles me. I, it happens. So that's my goal. Um, the networking events that I have gone to, I haven't hosted any, but the ones I've gone to, I didn't really learn anything. So I'm interested in giving events where I'm teaching people things that they need. I'm not going to sit here and read tax code to you because you're not going to understand it. No. I want to not, I want to make it relatable so right. that people leave feeling empowered. They know where to go. They know what to do. They know how to be a legitimate business owner. Sounds good. Sounds good. How about, uh, how about you, Erica Dukes? What, what, what part of the question? Are you uh, are you hosting any events? Do you do any oh. uh, trainings as well? No, um, but I would like to start getting into more speaking. Mm -hmm. um, that's actually what I'm doing now, getting my speaking topics together. Uh, just to educate people about social media in a non-fluff way where you understand, especially with Instagram, you understand how Instagram works and how it needs to tie into a sales funnel. And right. I tell people all the time, Instagram is not a marketing strategy. It never will because if it's gone tomorrow, then what are you going to do? You lose everything. So it needs to tie into everything else, into your funnel. So I'm trying to get people to understand that. And then just some, even some of the basics about how the platform works and how the analytics work and mm -hmm. um, things that you need to measure. Okay. And I, and I know you do uh, clarity calls, right? Mm -hmm. So yes. um, uh, elaborate a little bit on, on what that is. So an Instagram clarity call is a one hour conversation with me via video chat or through the phone. Um, 
you get a workbook with it to help you along the way. But during the call, I go over your Instagram account. I'm going to tell you what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong. I'm going to give you real actionable plans to stuff to do. Like this is your homework. This is how you get your Instagram where you need to be. These are the goals. We're going to set measurable goals during this during the call that tie into your business goals. Like I don't just pull goals out of nowhere. Like what are your business goals? Okay, let's see how we can help you get there through social media if we can. So we're going to set these realistic goals. And then we're, I'm going to check in with you. So at the two-week mark, I'm going to check in and see where your progress is. At the 30-day mark, I'm going to check in with you again and hold you accountable to make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Very cool. And um, I, I know because I've, I've watched, again, a lot of your streams mm-hmm. uh, where you talk about how followers, having followers isn't um, isn't everything, of course, because right. they, they don't necessarily translate into sales. But, um, of course, if you're on uh, Instagram, you want people, like you want enough people to, to follow you so that your message is getting out there so that you're having an opportunity to, to showcase. Um, is there a, a, a sweet spot where uh, I've, I've got this many followers and now I'm, I'm, I'm living it up. I don't have to worry about getting any more followers. Is there? No, no. <laughs> it, it, this is the thing I, I said this maybe last week or something. I said, you know, people, I want more followers, but you can't entertain the ones you have. <laughs> you haven't, <laughs> you haven't reached the ones you have. So what is more followers going to do? It's a vanity metric and people get caught up on vanity metrics. Vanity metrics are going to be followers and likes and things like that. Yeah, it looks good. It might help with Instagram's algorithm. But what I'm concerned with is like website clicks, because that's when you start making some more of the money. Right. When people get off of Instagram and get into your sales funnel. So whether that means they sign up for your email list or that means that, you know, there's, you know, um, they're buying your product or going to your event because just followers. How does that help your bottom line? If it does, let's figure it out. But a lot of times it's a vanity. I just want to look good. I mean, on Instagram, when you start talking about influencers, um, there's micro influencers and there's macro. So a micro influencer, you know, may have 3000 followers and they can get your business out there because their, their followers aren't saturated. Their followers are a tight knit group who is very loyal to that person and they truly believe in what that person has to say. Um so for, and I mean, I don't know if there's any uh, micro influencers living off of Instagram with 3,000 followers, but there's definitely people, that's their only job. So, so would it be, uh, so kind of getting back to the, to the, how many followers, mm-hmm. um, if, if you're an influencer, of course, you need to have a pretty significant amount of, of followers. Is there any, uh, any, um, I, I hate to say shortcut or whatever, but is there any way to get yourself to where you're an influencer and now you can use your platform to do whatever? Sell widgets, uh, get high fives. Well, that's the thing. You don't have stuff. to have a lot of followers to be an influencer. Okay. So it's, it's, it's about the individual. So does this person, so it's more so for brands. A lot of brands are looking to work with people who have 50,000 followers when that person who has 50,000 followers their audience may not care about anything you're talking about so for example if we look at some of these gossip pages who have hundreds of thousands if not millions of followers and you're like oh man I can get my product in front of all these people if I pay them $500 and they'll post this on their Instagram and you sell soap their their audience don't care about soap they're there for the gossip You'd be better off working with a girl who doesn't have millions of followers, but she has 5,000. But guess what? Those 5,000 followers are really targeted. They like her. They interact and engage with her. And they, if they, she recommends a soap, they're like, okay, I might go ahead and buy that soap. So your return on investment is going to be a lot more potentially working with somebody who's, very, who's more targeted. Gotcha. So, like, again, I don't know. I don't know anybody with 5,000 followers living off of it, but... But it could happen. It could happen. <laughs> okay. It could happen. So, uh, Erica Hayward. So, I'm I'm sitting in your office here, uh, or I'm sitting in your office, and um, you're you're providing me with the ultimate tax experience. Um, kind of kind of show me what that looks like. It's amazing. It's a really good experience. <laughs> what are what are what are you doing? I I, I know. Um, I mean, I, I've had the pleasure of sitting in your office, literally, but. Um, you know, kind of kind of tell our audience what what are some of the things that you're doing, again, to kind of carry out this brand of being the ultimate tax experience. OK, let's start from the beginning. So you go to my Instagram that Erica Dukes helped me set up and get together. Thank you. And you possibly click my website from there. 
schedule an appointment. Once you schedule your appointment, you receive a confirmation email that has a checklist tailored to you. Mm-hmm. Um, current, well, in the past, there were um, itemized deductions based on your job that you could deduct, but that's gone. They're mm-hmm. not deductible anymore. So um, you would get a list of items that you need to bring with you, you know, your social security card, dependent information, mortgage interest, things of that nature. You get several reminders so that you can't miss the appointment. You get a reminder the day of, day before, hour before, 10 minutes before. So if you miss your appointment, you just ignore everything. But um, <laughs> once you sit down in my office, give me all of your documents, you fill out a questionnaire, we um, complete your taxes, I make sure that I've covered all bases, I make sure I've covered all schedules, I've asked all the questions that I can ask, and from there, I give you suggestions for next year. Whereas, let's say you're a business owner and you're an LLC. Well, I, I may say, well, you know what? You may want to convert to an escort, but because of X, Y, Z. Or the tax, I don't want to just say X, Y, Z, but I'm not going to get too into that because it gets... Right, right, it, right. I understand. It, understand. Yeah, yeah, it gets to be a bit much. So I may give you suggestions or say, you know what? You may want to purchase a home or you may want to have a kid or you may, you know, like I, I give suggestions. I don't tell people to have kids just for tax purposes, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> but you know, you know, you, need that tax deduction. you know, right. Great deduction. Um, but last year um, was special because we know this year, a lot of things have changed with the tax cuts jobs act. And I tell people, okay, well, this is what your refund or your balance due is based on last year. Next year, this is what it will be. So I kind of let people know in advance, okay, this is going to hurt you or this is going to help you. If it hurts you, I want to let you know now so that you don't come into my office next year and I have to get a grief counselor. And like, you know, I don't I don't want that. So I just try to make sure that, you know, all your questions are answered. You know what to expect next year. You know what to do differently. You know what not to do. I give people guidance on how to fill out their W-4, because if you have 99 exemptions on your W-4, you're not going to get a refund. All right. You're just not. So I tell people how to fill out their W-4 based on their situation. And um, I don't, I tell people, but I also give people the choice to do what they want to do. I say, you know, if you want to have 99 exemptions, you're not going to get a refund. Or this is my suggestion. But if you want to do this, this is what's going to happen. So I, I try to give people the choice, but I do give my opinion. Fantastic. So, so I can see. I mean, it's it's more than just getting your taxes done. It's it's the total experience leading up to the uh, to to sitting down with you and then kind of forecasting out because you're like, you know, I know you're coming back to me. So of course, um, <laughs> so, so I want you to know what to expect when you get back, um, even if it's the ultimate grief counselor. No, I'm just kidding. Right, um, right, right. But um, so. What are what are some things have you like? I know that there are um, a lot of people say that there's a certain amount of touch points um, that you need to have with the client um, to kind of get your name out there in front of them so that they have um, uh, an opportunity to really have you embedded in their mind. And it it sounds like you do a really, really good job of doing that. Um, um, I know that I've seen a lot of uh, emails and some mail that's come through from you or whatever. Gifts and everything. Um, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. you know, t- tell me about that. What what how did you get to that point? Because um, I know you don't necessarily start out there. What what led you there? Well, I want I don't just want to be a one stop shop. I've heard so many stories of people going to I'm not going to I'm not going to put other businesses or chains out. <laughs> but if they go to a large chain, they get no guidance. I look at the tax return. I see mistakes. I see deductions, that money that was left on the table. There's been so many times I've gone back three years, amended someone's tax returns and gotten them thousands of dollars back. So I I just want to be the full package. And people, I'm here all year. If people want to call and ask me a question, hey, how do I fill out my W-4? Or, hey, can you help me determine how much I need to pay in taxes this quarter? Or, hey, any question, like anything that you have, I'm here for them. So um, I started sending out newsletters because I know that things change. And mm-hmm. people don't always remember the conversation that you had when you got your taxes done. People just don't remember. And things change all the time. So I want everyone to be informed. I want you to know that, hey, just because you own a home and you pay mortgage interest, that you can itemize your deductions. That's not the case. Not, not anymore. I don't want people to think that well, I gave tithes to my church. I can write that off. Not necessarily, not if you don't itemize. So um, I just want people to know, especially people who like doctors. If you currently pay malpractice insurance as a, as a doctor or you purchase scrubs or whatever, those things were deductible in the past. Not anymore. 
So I just want people to know, don't listen to your employer and go and pay for things yourself just because they tell you, oh, it's deductible. No, it's not. It's not. So I just want people to know. And also, um, I send out books about bookkeeping to my entrepreneurs because I want you to understand how important that is. It's very important. You cannot run a business without having books. You can't. You can't because you're not telling your money where to go. Your money is running you. And that's just not. We don't want that. We don't. So I just try to. If, and also, if I get questions about something consistently about the same thing, I'm going to go ahead and send out an email. I'm going to send out an email reminding you, hey, if you pay if you pay contractors, you need to get your 1099s in. Or if anything, anything that I can think of that I know people may want to know, instead of me calling each person, send out an email. It, it helps. So anything that I think that people need to know, I'm going to go ahead and let you know in advance. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, Archie, with having having uh, as much experience as you do with with real estate, I know that you do some advising as well. Um, like you said, you're a counselor. Um, just kind of share me maybe some some tips, some things that you are telling clients that they need to be aware of as they're going into the process of home purchase, uh, home ownership. And as well, after they actually purchase their home, what are some things that they may need to know that they, you know, may not understand um, when they think about the glitz and the glam of owning a home, uh, things that actually come with that home ownership? Yeah. Well, for, because I'm also a counselor, but mainly if someone comes to me and they want to buy a house, I have to initially tell them a real estate broker is merely a negotiator. They're not selling you anything. And if someone is selling you a house and they're encouraging you to buy, then they need to pay the note and you'll just go there. And <laughs> nice. Because, yeah. uh, you know, we pull up properties, but our job is to help you find a property that you like, that you you see, because it's a, that's part of your financial wealth. Your financial wealth. Mm-hmm. So we drive people around and show them the house. And then our job is to negotiate the best deal that we can for them. But so from the real estate portion, but if a client come to my office with another real estate broker, send that client, my first initiative is to teach them that you are venturing off to the largest investment of your life. Because like you said, you can't write off a car. You can't write. The next write off is your child. And I don't even advise you to go have no more children, <laughs> you know, <laughs> is that because they cost more than the house. They average you about $10,000 a year where your house don't. So that is the counseling part. Are you ready to go off into a homeownership? You know, because you, uh, when you live in an apartment, you can call the maintenance man. Yeah. But when this happened, you can't. And not only that, once you buy a house, are you prepared for someone to call someone and do the work when you can do change the toilet yourself? So we do what you call pre and post classes. You have to come yourself. They're free classes. We advertise them. Whether you sign up, it's up to you. But we give you the opportunity to know they exist. If you go into home ownership here, if you don't know how, Home Depot have classes every week. They may be to change light fixtures, change uh, do light uh, ceiling fans, change the toilet. These are the things you. This is your home. You should be making an investment back in yourself. You should not pay someone. $50 or $75 to change a toilet seat that could cost you maybe $25. Go buy the toilet, change it yourself, and do it. You can change the light. You All you have to do is have the knowledge of how to do it. YouTube, a lot of people do it. Yeah. You know, go YouTube, on YouTube University. and watch it mm-hmm. and change it. That's university so, out there. <laughs> <laughs> but so that's the thing that I, uh, as part of counseling, they're taking the next step, and we see it all. For unfortunately, for counselor, we have to know insurance. We have to know taxes. So it's not that I'm finna give them tax advice, but I may refer them over to. I'm like, especially truck drivers. Oh my god! Oh, yes. oh my god! They write, They want to write off everything, but we're looking at their adjusted gross income, and they've wrote off everything. Now I can only qualify them for twelve thousand dollars. Guess what? You can't buy a house with twelve thousand dollars. They that the house going to be very small. So, you know, so when there's a loss and that we have to counsel in, then I may say, well, then you may need to call the ultimate lady here and let her <laughs> advise you on how to get up to the standard so you can be able to buy the house that you want to. They, the, the money is there, but as self-employed people, 
we tend to write off everything, but that list is becoming shorter now because of some of the changes. So, you know, it's student loans has become a factor. So as a counselor, we have to learn all of this so that we can counsel them and tell them why you can't advance to that. And maybe okay. we can refer you to someone that can help you get to the part where you now can afford a $200,000 house. You have the money, but you're not showing it when it comes to tax returns. Okay. Or you got too many student loan and they need to be or you know we even have to do uh insurance advise them why you need homeowner i mean why you need from homeowners insurance why you need life insurance you're becoming a homeowner now and you need life insurance because what happened if you die now you have an estate you know right, you right. got to prepare for the future so as a, a real estate broker and a housing counselor for our job is to know all of that and be able to properly counsel the people and lead them to the people in the right direction. And I think you kind of answered this, but have you ever sat down with a client and you're like, you know what, this homeownership thing, you're, you're not quite ready. Maybe you need to come back. <laughs> um, have you ever had to have that conversation with them? Yeah, unfortunate. Uh, in 30 years, we've had to have that because some just uh, don't they really don't get it that, uh, you know, that your income is not there ready or your spending, you sp your spending savvy. You're not ready mm -hmm. to stop spending because uh, typically in housing council, we encourage you to have six months of savings into account when you buy a house because that's just in case something right, happens. Right. But some people are not ready. They still want to live on that dime. They want to live, uh, you know, spending their financial wealth away right now. They want to live in that moment and say, well, when you're serious about going into home ownership, then we can have a serious conversation. Now, if you want or they want to go with some of the new companies out there, I will not throw out names because I don't want to be liable or be put in jail or sued. But companies that are popping up on the Internet get a loan over the Internet right. that some of these people want to do. Say, well, they said, it. well, if that's what you want to do. This is what I'm finna counsel you on. But if that's what you choose to do, and some have went on ahead and did, and then come back and say, I made a mistake. How do I get out of this now? Okay. okay. How, how do I back myself out of here? And, you know, we have to, and by me being a part of HUD, I still have to provide them a service. Gotcha. And uh, Erica Hayward, um, <clears throat> so I think Archie brought up something uh, that, that you uh, chimed in on or whatever about the, the uh, itemized deductions. Um, so I know a lot of people get into business and, and they're like, you know, man, I'm going to get all these write-offs. You know, I'm going to make this money. I'm not going to have to pay taxes or I'm going to pay, you know, significantly reduce my taxes. Um, how do you have that conversation with the client to say, you know, hey, either you're writing off too much and it's not going to help you achieve your goal of buying a home or whatever it may be qualifying for. For a particular loan or something like that, or um, you know your your business is is starting to look like a hobby because uh, you're right and you're not making any money. Um, how do you have that conversation with the client? Well, <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so the first thing is in my questionnaire, I do ask the question: Are you looking to purchase a home in the next two years? Mm -hmm. Because if you are, we got to talk. Nice. Um, I do the tax return based on law. I do not allow truck drivers to write off their clothing, their jeans, and their T-shirts because you had to buy that anyway. It's not deductible. Um, so once I'm done with the tax return, I look at it and I say, okay, well, this is where we are. So based on this, take this to your broker and determine how much house you can get. That's what I do. It's very simple. Um, the laws as far as business owners, not much changes. Um, depreciation for SUVs, let's just call it Section 179 depreciation. <laughs> Currently was 50% you could write off in the first year. It's now 100% in the first year. So if you purchase that Tesla SUV, because it does weigh over 6,000 pounds due to having two batteries, you can I want to stop right there. So hope if my wife is listening, I can, <laughs> I can get that Tesla SUV. I just, just want to put that out there. Okay, carry on, carry on. So, um, I, and I didn't think that it weighed over 6,000 pounds, but I went and looked at it myself because I really like it. It's over 6,000 pounds. So if you purchase that, that's a $100,000 vehicle. Wow. You can write off $100,000 the first year. There's things you can do. Like the thing is what I tell people, the difference between an employee and a contractor. 
I explain the difference. I explain the difference and I let them know, hey, a lot of times you see those signs on the highway, maximize your refund, $25,000 refund for one kid, like all those things that you see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't deal with that. <clears throat> you will run into problems later. So what I tell people is as a, as a contractor or, or as a self-employed person, you're, if you're not making quarterly estimated payments, you're not getting a refund. Like, you're just not, unless you have, like, three or four kids and didn't make much money. I mean, but nine times out of ten, you're not getting a refund. You're not. You have to pay. And a lot of people don't want to pay, so they'll go to somebody else, and they're not paying into Social Security. If you're getting a large refund like Mm -hmm. that, you're not putting into Social Security, which means, and they also don't have a retirement plan because they didn't come see you. Right. So they're going to be working until they're dead. They're not going to be able to draw any Social Security. I I just explained the whole thing to them. All things work together. Everything works together. If you want to write everything off on your tax return and not show any income, you're not going to be able to get a house. You're not going to be able to draw Social Security, which we it, that's already questionable if we will be able to anyway. But I just try to explain the whole picture, the entire picture so that they understand. And once you explain it to them and you kind of give them a little pat on the back, rub on the back, hey, you know... You got to pay this, but you can split it up into four payments. You know, it's not that bad. Then it it comes together. And I like working with people who want to do what's right. If you don't want to do what's right, every client's not a good fit for everybody. Mm -hmm. And you have to understand that. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to do what's right, then I can just let you go. You don't have to stay here with me. And most people want to do what's right. That's my ideal client. Okay. Okay. Um, So... You you shared uh, you shared a, a lot of good a lot of good information there, um, especially the point about me being able to go out and get a Tesla. I think we talked about that <laughs> last year. I'm we glad did. you added we that. Did. Okay. We did. Um, but as you're going into, I guess you know we're starting out the tax season or whatever officially starts uh, January 28th. Um, what are some things I guess that people can can get together uh, for their their tax professional, ideally the ultimate tax experience? But right. what are, what are some what are some things that they can kind of have together? I know you'll have a list, but for our audience, um, what do they need when to they get, come to you? To get started, you need to have your W two. You need to have if you receive any 1099s. Mm-hmm. What I tell people first of all is wait on all of your documents. I have people scheduling appointments. January 2nd, January 3rd. And I'm like, you don't have everything. (laughs) Like, you're not ready. So what I tell people is um, just get a a file folder and everything that comes in the mail that says important tax document, put it in the folder. Okay. Okay. Long story short, um, there are some rules about head of household filing status that are new. um, In addition to having to have children, because in order to be head of household, you have to provide more than 50% care for a dependent. So in addition to having Social Security cards, birth certificates, um, child care proof, report card proof. We also have to have proof that you are head of household. So if you have a lease, I need your lease. I need utility bills. I mean, the list goes longer and longer. And I think eventually we're going to actually have to be in the delivery room with clients <laughs> when they have babies <laughs> because every year there's more and more. But I understand because head of household is an abused filing status. So I understand. So gotcha. Okay, so we're getting close to the end of our show. Um, Country Financial. Uh, one of the things that we focus on is is taking simple steps to. Uh, uh, achieve larger goals. I just want to see if maybe you can share a few simple steps um, to uh, purchase a house, save on your taxes, and manage your Instagram accounts. Archie, you want to start? What, uh, ask that so, question again. So just give me uh, maybe two simple steps that people can do as they're looking uh, forward to purchasing a home. Just two simple, two simple little steps that they need to prepare for, get ready. Not buy any large items such as a car. Okay, okay. Because that eats up your debt to income. Um, you know, kind of put things in order and make sure your uh, credit cards are uh, 30%. You only have 30% usage on it. Okay. That would be good. Uh, most of America try to use the cards up to the maximum and pay the minimal payment. Uh, that don't help you. Uh you know, those are the things that uh, lenders are looking for, uh, that if you have a savings, uh, you know, there are a lot of programs that's out here that even have people to, to buy homes. Uh, right. So, But there are requirements, uh, you know, that you don't meet an income guideline, your credit score. So keeping your credit score, uh, most America think that if you have a 640 score that they are great, guess what, you're a D. Right, right. And so, you know, we want we are 
in the business of trying so hard to get America to come to the 700 Club right. and continue to uh, to go up with, and that would uh, that would help you to be able to become a homeowner. Okay. And uh, Erica Hayward, um, uh, simple steps here for, for, for taxes. For employees, max out your retirement. Nice. Okay. You can contribute up to 19000 this year to your retirement plan that's tax-free. Um, that's my first thing. If you're self-employed, create a SEP IRA. That may be more Chris's expertise, <laughs> but, you know, create a SEP IRA. You can contribute 25% of your income there as well. And for employees, double check your W-4 withholdings. Make sure you have the correct withholding amount so that the correct amount of taxes comes out of your paycheck so that when you come sit down in my office, you're actually going to get a refund and I do not have to hire the ultimate grief counselor. (laughs) 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 Erica Dukes, how about uh, some tips for Instagram? The first one I would say is to figure out why you want to be on social media and figure out how it is going to fit into your overall sales funnel and how is it going to support your other marketing efforts. Uh, Once you figure that out, I would say start posting consistently and get your followers up. You can do that, but don't focus entirely on that. Okay, thank you. All right, well, I want to thank you all for coming out to the studio. Um, Again, I'm Chris Seabrook. This is Trusted Advisor Radio. Yeah, but before we wrap, uh, Chris, great job. First episode, I want to give everybody a chance to talk about their website and the best way to get a hold of people. So, Archie, can you uh, share a website or the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, you can call th- uh, my office number is 404-410-6689. But you can also call me on my cell, which is 404-271-7064. And you can also go on the hselady1.com, which is my uh, real estate website. Good stuff. And Erica? My website is www.theultimatetaxexperience.com. My email address is info at theultimatetaxexperience.com. And my office number is 470-355-9139. Erica? You can reach me at www.socialinc.com. Co. And that's ink like an ink pen. And you can also find me on Instagram at Social Inc. Co. And if you message me, I will give you a little discount. Tell me that you heard me on here and I will give you a discount for an Instagram clarity call with me. Good stuff. And Chris, if somebody wants to get all of you. Uh, so my office number is 770-392-0722. I have uh, Carrie sitting in the office now waiting on you to call. <laughs> and you can uh, email me at Christopher.Seabrook at countryfinancial.com or visit us at uh, ChristopherSeabrook.com. Good stuff. Well, congratulations. A great first episode. And uh, this is the first episode of Trusted Advisor Radio hosted by Chris Seabrook with Country Financial. We'll see you all next time. 